Welcome, bienvenue, to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. So, Mike, have you uh, body slammed any reporters lately? I I don't think I've body slammed anyone since like a fairly memorable episode in second grade on the on the playground. We had we had these weird we had some weird wrestling matches. Mm, mm, I yeah I remember that that phase of life. I <laughs> I, I feel like there were a couple of maybe um, not positive memories from our days in a fraternity house. Oh, oh, good point. Maybe, maybe I did body slam someone more recently than that, than five year old or seven year old. <laughs> right. Yeah, I did like the. You broke my glasses. <laughs> yes. That just that just opened up every nerd take possible. <laughs> yeah, everyone, every nerd was behind him. Yeah, that that's. Man, that is life. That is politics. But you know, I want to talk about some more important politics than uh the GOP Game of Thrones trailer came down came out it did and i i love this link that you shared with me that it got 67ish million views in the first 24 hours that it was up that is absolutely ridiculous i and i was only like 2 i i mean i feel like um charlie's teacher charlie and the chocolate factory teacher 2 <laughs> you only bought 2 <laughs> yeah i know was wow, that's a good reference but yeah i um i i have to be honest i only watched the trailer i did only watch it twice but then i watched a 15 minute deep dive breakdown of it which i feel like counts for another 10 or so watches yeah i just did that while i was waiting for you <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good right uh yeah a little bit more information i did kind of like just watching it and being like Hmm, I wonder what that is. And then when you're actually like freeze framing things, you you see a lot. That's true. But I, I gotta be honest, I have been, you know, slowly tooling through some episodes uh from the last season recently, and I'd I'd forgotten a lot from the end of the season. I need I really need to refresh myself. Yeah, I need to go back through last season. I did an epic voyage through all the seasons. Like over the fall i don't want to do that again that might be a little too much i kind of do but i don't want to do that again (laughs) you know if you know how it is yeah no i need to go back to last season to be prepared so just real quick though anything from the trailer that got you more excited for this upcoming season i was enthused with the fire on the boats yeah that is pretty cool because like we had the battle of the Blackwater, but we didn't really have any ship battles like ship to ship battles Mm -hmm. yeah i think i i was struck and this this is taking this is drawing from that deep dive but i even while i was watching i was struck by what wasn't in the trailer which was bram and sam 
and Sam. And you, we, we've gone on record talking about how much, at least I love Old Town mm-hmm. and uh, or the concept of Old Town. And I also like the idea of Bran being plugged into the weirwood trees. Yeah, that's still kind of weird, kind of mythological stuff. And, and I definitely like that, too. Yeah, I'm interested to see. We finally got to a point where his storyline didn't suck. And then it's been, like, pushed to the back. I, I don't think they can push it to the back anymore, though. You know, I was... The thing that I'd forgotten about was uh, was that he met up with Benjen. Right. Yeah. And then Benjen dropped him close to the wall. Yeah, he's super... He could, was in sight of the wall. But yeah. I'm concerned that, you know, the uh, Night King touching him in that in that dream means that if he goes across the wall, they can go across the wall, right? I think there's yeah there's there's good theoretical ideas behind that which is is a little concerning. Don't let the Night King touch you, man. Yeah, let's uh, let's not. All right, this week Eric is going to do another segment on early season over unders where we just do a quick shoot around on some pitchers and some hitters and look at some interesting metrics to compare over unders. And then I'm going to go back to the ones that we did earlier in the season dive into the bet box and evaluate where we're at, give our listeners sort of an evaluation of how good of a job we might be doing this season on predictions. Take it away, Eric. <laughs> oh, boy. We've started tackling some good topics. We've started seeing the season's narratives build, but we're still building up sample and still weeks from the end of the season. I think we both have a bunch of topics we're curious about, but with spring in the air, I think it's time for a stop in High Garden to smell the golden roses. Let's go through some specific players and work up some over-unders. Now, I spent a little bit of time with the uh, the pitching clusters that I developed, so now I finally have some names, fantasy names associated <laughs> with the, the, the clusters. Um that maybe we'll tackle later on, but I'll just reference them here. So Mike, I'm just going to shoot through some pictures, give you the over under line. We'll discuss then. All right. Marco Estrada in the Elvin cluster. Uh, Marco Estrada is in the clustering. He is among the elite pitchers and Mm -hmm. everybody dithered in our draft on picking him up. And now he's, I mean, right now he's on pace for like 250 innings and like 300 strikeouts, something amazingly ridiculous. But he's looking pretty good. So here's the line for him. And this is going to be a huge softball. K's over under 165. Well, I mean, you think it's a softball because we're looking at his projections. But Estrada, I mean, <laughs> he could go on the DL for the rest of the year tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's the thing about Estrada. So I'm gonna I am gonna take the over because I hate betting on poor health, and I will say you know I I stared down quite a few Estrada K's recently in a matchup, so I gotta take <laughs> oh, the over. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, Estrada is going crazy this year, and he really shouldn't be. That's the thing. I don't like. Where did this come from? Have did you look at any of the underlying numbers? Yeah the uh, the underlying numbers. Well, the underlying numbers are actually decent, which is why he's in this elite cluster. Um, I mean, his K per nine is 10.2, which is great. His walks per nine, 2.23. That's not too bad. 
He's um, up over one home run per nine, which is hmm. not surprising. I mean, I would think that that number would actually increase because he's a bit of a fly ball pitcher. His BABIP, his BABIP is 286, so we're not talking about like artificially low BABIP. Hmm. Uh, left on base, though, is pretty high. Um, but really, the thing that it, it, I'm enthusiastic about is that his ERA, 315, his FIP, what do you think his FIP is? I'd say 320. Yeah, exactly. Which is. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. He's a kind of a career four ERA kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So, okay. High three ERA kind of guy. So that he's doing this is, you know, pretty exciting. I don't think that it'll last. I think that there'll be some sort of hiccup and get him back on the right trajectory, but. Are you saying injury, or you think that he's just been facing favorable matchups and mowing people down? I mowing people down. <laughs> okay. All right. Who do we have next here? We have Big Irv, Irvin Santana. He is in the Hobbit cluster, which the clustering does not like Irvin Santana. It um, shouldn't. I mean, I know I'm supposed to just blindly love Irvin Santana on the Twins, but I I can't. I can't do it. You have some sense? Good. All right. Okay, so I'm going to give you this one. His whip over under his ERA divided by two. Every single other person in Minnesota is saying that his his ERA is probably going to end the season at two. And his whip's probably going to be a little higher than that, than one. So I'm going to, I'll, I'll give it to them. His whip's got to be, <laughs> oh crap. No, no, I don't know. I can't do it. No, his whip's going to be under his ERA divided by two. His ERA is going to explode at some point. Yeah. Uh, and the reason why you're thinking that is because he currently has a FIP. His ERA right now is 1.8. I, I, that's not calculating in today's game. His FIP is 4.09. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So even if you were to, even if he was to to regress to that, that would be what? About a point and a half of ERA that he would have to add? Yeah. Yeah. So. Even if he regret, you're saying even if he regresses over all of his next starts, we're about for the a third rest of the way season. through the season. So yeah, he'd he'd be looking at an ERA three ish at the end of the year. So yeah, there's no way. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think I think this is. I honestly think this is a fair line, but it's still it's still got to be over. Okay, Drew Pomerantz is in the Dwarven cluster. Uh, he is just mowing people down this year i hadn't even realized he is a pitcher to the max this year with an 11.4 k per nine all right his k per nine over under his wins i I can't believe you're offering me straight wins i thought that there would be like a wins divided by 1.5 like i mean he's gonna be a 15 win pitcher on the red sox maybe he's a he's got 16 Strikeouts per nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. I'm taking the wins. Wins are going to be greater. I don't know. I could see that he that we're in middle of August and we're talking about whether he's going to get to eleven wins. 
whether by injury or like him just not being lucky. Uh, okay. All right. Whatever you say. All right. I just, I'm just trying to tell you, I think that this, this is like a much closer line than, than you expect. I, I don't think so, but fine. <laughs> All right. So now I'm, I'm going to bait you on this last one. Geo cool. in the Go Easterling, ahead. in the Easterling cluster. <laughs> ERA over under four. There's no the baiting. The season. I there's no baiting. I know who he is. He's gonna be over. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think just over. But Gio's not a good pitcher. He just fills a very specific role on my team. He has been so amazingly lucky this year. I do not know how he has an ERA under what? three. What is his FIP right now? I, ooh, I don't even know if I want to know. But tell me, tell me anyway. Four point nine seven. Oh god. <laughs> so bad. Oh man. <laughs> Yikes, that is dangerous. Oh yeah, it's man. Very dangerous. I'm still gonna start him. I don't care. It's gonna be great. I was looking through this and trying to figure out what it because like I've watched amazing Geo starts because I had him last yeah, year. Yeah. He has a four point six five walks per nine right now he i mean he throws hard he throws kind of messy so i'm not you know the walks per nine is is not super surprising i do kind of like where geometrically the easterling cluster appears in the k-means um you know there's sort of there's sort of a line between drew pomerantz to matt harvey and they're sort of on that like <laughs> that side of the bummer k's per nine yeah, or, yeah. Uh, of of walks per nine. I mean, and uh, that FIP is just rising there. Oof, I, yeah, I don't, I don't like where that cluster is at all. Yeah, that's scary. It's this it's a scary cluster me. to be sitting <laughs> sitting in. All right, let's head over to the hitting side of things. Um, there again, here again, I was looking at the hitting clusters and just picking out some guys that were interesting. Number one, someone that I decided to pick up, Justin Bohr. And I think the main thing that I'm concerned about here is at-bats. So, at-bats, over-under, average, times 100. I worry I, I worry a little bit about him losing at-bats, but I'd have to... Is his, is his average really going to be over 250? I don't know. I, I would think that it's going to be over 250. I'm, take, I'm taking the at-bats. I think he gets more at-bats. Because if he if it is over two fifty, then he's gonna get more at bats. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Right. All right, the next one. Um, I had an elaborate thing in trying to compare Andres to Jean Segura because they're basically the same guy. Come um, on, Elvis. Basically the same guy. Fine, There's like fine. Thirty points of batting average difference, but. <laughs> But it's which is two hits, just two hits. Anyways, Elvis Andrus, RBIs over under two times, home runs plus stolen bases. Well, um, there's not going to be a whole lot of guys on base when he hits home runs, so I'm not calling. <laughs> so that's because you've you've sort of you've made a difficult thing here, right? Where you've you've folded in two correlated things. So I'm I'm now yep. predicting a little bit like the waiting between the home runs and stolen bases as well. Um, I I think his RBI is gonna gonna be under. 
two times home runs and stolen bases. Right. And and the reason why I kind of I designed that one is because the years when he was actually like sort of elite were the years that his RBIs were over um two times his home runs okay. plus stolen bases. And the years okay. where he was a little less are the years that he had like five home runs, thirty stolen bases, and like sixty under sixty um RBIs. Okay. Next guy, another a favorite, a stalwart of the flatulent fellas, Mr. Mark Reynolds. I really hope that he continues this, but uh this pace is insane, even in course. You you're so, blinded by your love for him, but go ahead, by, set the number. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I'm no, I'm not, because I'm saying, you know, I know that it's not likely. I probably will shave a little bit of that productivity away. Home runs over under 26. He's at 13 right now, so can he double? He can't double. His current? It. It's under. It's under. He Come can't on, double it. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Mr. Tommy Pham. Also, just somebody that I never think about. No, I, I don't know why you would, but I saw him in the on the uh, when I was doing my waiver wire querying. He came up, and I was like, Maybe maybe not this week. Um, Tommy Pham runs plus RBI over under ninety. That's his projected total. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. Um, I think I think under because I think they're gonna start tinkering with lineups, mm. and they're they're gonna get a little bit more tanking. You mean like sending Grichik to AAA? You mean that kind of tinkering? Yeah, that's the freeing kind of up space for I'm Tommy Pham. Here. I mean, yeah, they send they send Grichik to AAA. They uh, they trade Fat Adams. Uh, what is going on here? Opening up the space for Tommy Pham. That's the only logical explanation. All right. Well, that was a fun little exercise. I think this was good to go um, cherry pick players top to bottom. <laughs> talk about some of the things that we're looking at for projecting forward and trying to understand what's what really builds up a projection at this point in the season based on our small sample so we have we're discussing a lot of different baseball players this week but here's one discussion that just didn't quite fit in the pod matt that's why it rhymes that's why it's funny <laughs> Ooh. 277. You know that's lighter than he is. There's no way he's but, uh, 277. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Weren't they touting how he came in better shape this year, too? The Cardinals were? Uh, yeah, they were. The only solution to making him look quite svelte is to put him next to Bartolo Colon in the dugout. Ooh, good. That's a good call. That <laughs> is a good call. That's, that's how you make him look good. Yeah. So as our longtime listeners know, we've been we put a few things in the bet box on a periodic basis and eight weeks into the fantasy season and our 14th podcast of this year feels like a great time to take a little peek inside and see what's going on. And so that everyone can keep track periodically and I'm going to do a better job of updating this. I put up a Jupiter notebook so we can, we can look at this and maybe mm. we'll do a little plotting in there if it's warranted keep track of how some of these are progressing over time. So I also squeezed a few things into this segment that weren't formal bet box per se, 
Um, I'm going to give you an opportunity here to formalize any that you think are valuable or throw out anything that, you know, seems, <laughs> seems to be going your way here. You can, if you, when we get to the Eric Thames one, if you want to, if you want to pit him against someone, I'm all ears. All right. uh, for now though, what I want you to do as we run through these is tell me how you're feeling about the bets. Ooh. We're going to go down the list. And then after you tell me how you're feeling about them, I'll give you the updates and tell you sort of where things are going. All right. And I want you to think about as we're going through this, if there's anything that you want to make a, a best bet. <laughs> Worth double or something. <laughs> yeah. If you were ready to double or nothing it, I would, I, we might have to do that. Um, but just to get everyone, we're going to go through the ones that we had in podcast order. So if you've been listening to this season, you might recognize some of these and I'll reference which pod they're from. All right. In the first pod of the year, pod one, zero, zero, we put one in the bed box that is done, done for the year. Uh, we, we had Shelby Miller with more K's than either Zach Grinky or Robbie Ray. Uh, Shelby Miller goes down with TJ here. Uh, Zach Greinke and Robbie Ray are still, in fact, pitching, at least as of now. But no matter what way you slice it, they're both going to end up with more Ks on the year. So we got to pour a little out for uh, for Eric's boy, Shelby Miller. Ah, uh, Shelby. Ah, oh, my man. All right, I am not going to be putting that as best bet. <laughs> I will tell you that. But yeah, yeah don't, don't bother doubling that. All right, here's another one. Play ESPN Player Raider, and we caveated this one on regular season, so the first 18 weeks of the year from podcast 1.02, I put Ben Zobrist against Eric's Dustin Pedroia. How are you feeling about this one right now? Uh, Pedroia had a... He stumbled out of the gates, so I would assume that... I know that he's behind, but I don't think it's insurmountable at this okay, point. Okay, here's, here's the thing. He's not actually behind. <laughs> Ooh, wow, Ben's over us. <laughs> yeah. So Ouch. I mean, they're uh, they're both languishing in the high two hundreds. So currently, yep. Ben's over us is at two ninety five on the player radar. Dustin Pedroia is at two sixty nine. Uh, you know, neither of those numbers is good at all. I I mean, I don't know. Let's just keep an eye on that one. Yeah, Pedroia is going to be Pedroia. He always does the same thing, but he's already had like two ticky tack injuries that will yeah. keep him out for too many days. And now no to, be perfectly, to be perfectly fair, uh, I, I already traded Ben Zobrist. So that should tell you how much I believe in him from podcast 1.03 player Raider, Dan Straley versus Tyler Skaggs. Uh, where are you at on this one? Yeah, Straley is, I know, ahead of Skaggs. Just by yeah. showing up, he is ahead of Skaggs. Yeah. And he has shown up and done a little bit more than that. So yeah. Straley's ahead. So I'm not I'm not gonna make you make you I'm not even gonna ask you if you want to double this one. So ESPN's war metric that they use to judge a player raider, Straley's at three point two eight, Skaggs is at point two two, so they're ESPN would argue that Skaggs is basically not even ownable right now. Um, but yeah, Straley could fall apart at any minute. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm laboring under no illusions and also trying to reverse jinx him. Well, the thing about Skaggs though, is that he has no one who is going to get in front of him in that angels mm. bullpen. So he will just be, he will just be given shot after shot after shot after shot. So if he is able to string together like four or five good starts, he'll be back on track. I don't know that he's going to make it back, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Wishful thinking. We'll see. All right. 
1.04 doesn't actually make it into the pod, so we want to re-highlight it here. Player Raider, Jason Hayward versus David Peralta. Go for it. Tell me how you're feeling. <laughs> I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty good as a part-time owner of Peralta. No longer owning him, <laughs> Peralta will still beat Jason Hayward. Yeah, Peralta's a top 100 player. Jason Hayward is not, not. a top 300 <laughs> player right now. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm glad that I scrubbed that one from the podcast at the time. <laughs> and uh, I thought about just not admitting that we had it, but you, it did, in fact, make it onto Twitter. So, that honestly might be your best bet. I, I mean, I would consider doubling that down, but I think that... Okay. We'll save, I think I want to make some of these other ones official. There's a there's a later one that you you might want to really double down on. So if you had to pick one best bet, all right. Um, in podcast 1.05, we did something similar to the first segment of this, where we shot through some interesting metrics. Um, let me just give you a little bit of updates on where we're at right now. We said Greg Bird at bats equals two times the batting average, and I said I thought he was going to get more at bats because I thought his batting average was going to be less than 250. Well, it's in, the the bet is interesting <laughs> right now <laughs> because his batting average is indeed significantly less than 250, but he's also injured. So, yeah. Is he going to change it? What what do you think? Do you have any thoughts on this? I think that he could lose himself um a spot by not being out there it's yeah. it is the yankees and they are doing well and that is a position that they want to have a power hitter in uh-huh. so i don't i mean eric hosmer what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so i don't know we're gonna we're gonna keep an eye on that one i picked at bats uh it's not looking good <laughs> he's hitting 100 by the way for anyone who needed to know what his batting average was um taiwan walker who is definitively my boy. Uh, the bet was ERA times 50 over under K's. Um, and I said K's because I predicted his season ending line of 4.0 ERA and 198 K's. What do you think? <laughs> I think that that ERA, I know that ERA is lower than four right now. Uh-huh. And that K total is not quite at that projection 198 yeah so what does that mean what does that mean uh ERA is the is a way to go on this side of the equation yeah i think i think you're right that it's going to end up being era um he's at he's at 3.46 right now uh which means that to beat this he's got to get to 175 k's his K mm-hmm. per nine is is less than eight right now, so it's going to be hard for him to get there because I, you know, he's not going to throw two hundred innings probably. So no. um, it's tough to tough to see how he gets that K's. <laughs> Looks like it's going to be ERA unless something happens where he starts to bring it down. Um, I don't know. Diamondbacks pitchers haven't been as bad as I thought they would be. I didn't think their ERA has been less inflated. I guess that humidor is paying off, but they've had a little bit of regression after last year. Yeah. All right. Lance McCullers, whip times 100 plus minus Ks. I said it was going to be whip, and I said it was going to be huge, and I threw out the number 1.68. 
this is not looking great right now. <laughs> no, it's not looking good for you right now. He is on pace for like a thousand Ks. Yeah. He's he's got almost ten Ks per nine and a whip of one point oh four. So uh that's a that's on pace to be basically double wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I'll best bet that one. <laughs> oh, come on, man. All right. Well, all right. Next up is the famous Robbie Ray. Uh we said Ks per nine plus minus wins. I mm-hmm. said I thought he was gonna have more wins than Ks per nine. What do you think? First thoughts before I tell you the numbers. They're tracking right with each other. Yeah. To this day. Most definitely. And they are eleven point one Ks per nine. And he's got he's had ten starts, four wins. So if we prorate all of that, he might get twelve wins. And his caper nine is probably not changing, so he's going to be between eleven and twelve wins. This is going to be so good to follow to the end. Yeah, it's of the going year. to be right down to the end. <laughs> um, you know what's not going to be right down to the end? Uh, Adam Jones stolen bases plus minus ten. Yeah, because he's going to steal them all this week. <laughs> oh, is he really? Is he really? He's, he's going to steal ten. <laughs> he's got one stolen base in forty-five games, so uh, I, I think my under pick is is doing okay. Yeah, that'll be fine for you. All right, last one from Podcast 1.05. Michael Brantley, runs plus RBIs, plus minus 120. I said under, and I predicted it was going to be because he played in less than 110 games. What do you think? How are we doing so far on that? I I think he's actually, he's tracking with that as well. He's going to be pretty close to that 120 mark. He's not getting, uh, he's not getting every day at bats. They're playing him pretty regularly. Mm -hmm. But he's still not. Um, if he was at every day at bats, he would be over 120. I, I'm not even sure he'd be over. So he, he's played. He's appeared in 39 games so far, out of out of just under 50 for the Indians. Um, and he's got 40. His combined runs plus RBIs is 40 right now. So it's it's mm-hmm. tracking. Um, if he gets hurt, he doesn't make it. So we we're totally right that if he doesn't that if he doesn't get 120 games, that there's no way that he makes it to right. 120 runs plus RBIs. Um, so we kind of got to stay tuned, but I think that my under pick is, is not looking so wrong. All right, formally in the bet box, I'm going to give you the chance to put this as your best bet. ESPN player yeah, Rainer, Wei-Yin Chen versus Mike Leak. I'm on the Wei-Yin Chen side. I dropped him right after. Um, you still, I believe, are infatuated with Mike Leak. Um, you mm, you going to best go bet that this far. one? Do you want, uh, you want the numbers? I, yeah, let's let's see the numbers. Okay. Uh, well, Wei and Chen is at uh, his his WAR in this metric is 0. .37, which is good for you know four hundred ish, and uh, Mike Leak is at seven point three six, which is good for number twenty seven on the player radar. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think the biggest number for Wei and Chen is zero zero healthy ligaments in his throwing <laughs> arm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's just pretty much done for. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. Let's let's double down on Mike Leak. This is something that I never thought that I would say. Yes, <laughs> I sort of thought that was going to be where you went. Uh, all right, last one here. Just my only my only thing is question mark. Is he good? From podcast one point oh nine, Eric Thames. I said not a chance. You said maybe there's a chance he's good. Any thoughts? I mean, I think that he's going to be 
he's not going to be the player that he was over the first like bunch of weeks, but he's going to be a fantasy relevant player for the rest of the season. He's got two home runs in the month of May. I know, which is why the player in our league who has been trying to sell, 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 sell him is ridiculous. It's like, I mean, he's a keeper upgrade for you, right? It's like, mm, no, no, he's not. No, he's not. Again, okay, wait. Would you... <laughs> I'm gonna. This is it. Would you take Corey Dickerson over Eric Thames? Ooh... No, I would not take Corey. I would take I would take Thames. Would you would you will you bet box that on the player raider? Oh, you you want to win a Corey Dickerson bet box on <laughs> I want to so bad. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's put that one in there. That's good. All right. All right. Good. We've put something in the bet box. Corey Dickerson versus Eric Thames. All right. Well, that's that's a little peek in the bet box. Uh we'll keep coming back to this. Again, it's going to be up in that Jupiter notebook. I'm going to try and keep that updated a few times. So go ahead and take a look at that. All right, Mike, well, you want to wrap this sucker up? Yeah. Um, you know, we got a couple baseball shoot-around topics that I think could be relevant. Um, just letting people know, if you ever wanted to try and buy Mike Trout in a keeper league, I think now is the time. Now would be the time. Going on the DL. First time in his career. Wow. Poor, poor guy. That's, That's good for Salt Lake City, though. He might actually have to have a rehab start there. I was oh, really hoping. Imagine? Can they get bobbleheads made that fast? Oh, yeah. Most <laughs> definitely. I think that they... I mean, there were Mike Trout jerseys every single time that I went to games. <laughs> I, they they got to get him. Oh, man. The bees got to push that. That's going to be great. They will. That'll be great. Another good one, uh, John Philip Souza marching in the outfield to a guffaw. That was a pretty funny play. <laughs> that was pretty good. If you haven't seen Souza's dive, that how far do you think he landed from that? Ten-ish feet from the ball? <laughs> I mean, yeah, ten. Yeah, a basketball hoop away from the ball, <laughs> like, at least. If you, if you haven't seen that, check it out from over the weekend at Target Field. The Twins, twins really milked that one for all it was worth. Yeah, they sh- and they should. Um, and then two players might be making it back to your roster. Adrian Beltre off the 10-day DL, which lasted 40 games. Uh-huh. 50 games. <laughs> I mean, same with David Price. <laughs> and David Price, yeah. Both of them coming back. I am I'm getting, I'm inching closer and closer to my draft day <laughs> lineup. I know your pitching staff looks really good with Price back in the mix. And I... I know one of our listeners has been waiting on the same thing as well, has been waiting for Price to come back to make his pitching staff look legitimate, and it will yep. change It will change things up. Sometimes we don't talk enough about other sports, and just to branch out and show everyone that we are equal opportunity sports people, a little golf update over the weekend, <laughs> not on the course, of course, of course, Tiger Woods, DUI, do you, uh, you appreciate that mugshot? <laughs> Yeah, that looked that looked pretty bad. Um, yeah, not in the course. You can't get a DUI on a golf course. That would be pretty hard. I mean, admittedly, there is no such thing as a as a good DUI photo. And uh, of course, don't drink and drive, listeners. But I, I mean, that's that's kind of sad. Yeah, that was pretty sad. I mean, he was one of the best athletes growing up. I mean, one of the best athletes ever. And now he's just like a shadow of himself. Yeah. The only other thing that I would note is that 
I have this perennial love for the fact that there's a place called Jupiter, Florida. I like oh, that's pretty good. being able to, in my profession, being able to envision saying, I'm going to go to Jupiter, and I actually can. And it's not not named like the notebook, though, unfortunately. <laughs> good point. Good point. Otherwise, it would be our favorite Python spot. Yeah, that would be a great... Well, there might actually be Pythons <laughs> in Jupiter, Florida. Yeah. You like that? It worked on a bunch of levels. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think that brings us to the review session. Rats. Rats. You know, you know that both of us, German heritage... There's not gonna there's not gonna be any disagreement here, right? Or are you gonna hit me just totally out of left field with something? I was gonna bring up one thing that as a, as a kid, I actually preferred kielbasa was my favorite sausage. <sighs> well, I wait, but come on, man, the grilling grilling doesn't get you. Memorial Day doesn't mean anything to you right now. Getting out there on the grill. I mean, you can grill kielbasa too pretty good on the grill kill but i don't know what there's just like something nice and like sweet <laughs> I, I mean i do love the in in terms of going to the store to buy something there's something much more cathartic about buying a big loop of kielbasa as opposed to <laughs> yeah. a bunch of bratwurst in a package <laughs> yeah yeah most definitely i really like bratwurst growing up you've read knockwurst do you like knock knockwurst oh, yeah come on any sort of verse yeah and just give me your verse first, please. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that the time that we spent in Milwaukee was was pretty important to both of us. I think in terms I of collecting think that we sausage. Had, how many brats did we have over the course of that trip? <laughs> a dozen. Yeah, we we have a we have a pretty happy picture of us just just feasting. I I mean, come on. I I respect you and your childhood taste of of liking the kielbasa and. I'll say that in a you know a winter setting where you can't get to the grill, I would much rather take the kielbasa done up on the stove than a mm. bratwurst done up on the stove. But summertime brats, you can't beat that. All right. Well, time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is worst luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah!